Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Whoa, hey, is that coffee? This is coffee. An extra reason for coffee lovers to perk up today. This is a jumbo coffee morning. I need coffee and an IV. Is this coffee fresh? It is National Coffee Day. I need some coffee. Get started today without that fresh cup of coffee. Happy National Coffee Day. Happy Whiskey Wednesday. We'll go with that one today. Whiskey Wednesday is a good one. And happy National Coffee Day, too. Today is a day to get some java in you. Because you never do that, do you? (laughs) I know. It's not like it's every other day. Mind you, I mean, today would be the day to do something a little bit different, I think. If anything, maybe you're encouraged to uh, try your coffee a different way than the usual. Maybe you're so used used to a double-double or whatever your go-to would be, that you haven't tried a different kind of blend. Maybe you go to Tim Hortons, now you're going to try a mom-and-pop shop today. Whatever it might be for you, enjoy it if you're a coffee drinker. I'd imagine in the world we live in today, I always think about people who don't drink coffee, because people talk about coffee a lot. It gets brought up a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and if you don't drink coffee and people are asking you about like coffee, you're probably just like, I don't, doesn't mean everyone else drinks it. But most people, most adults I know do. Yeah, most that I know do as well, unless there's some dietary restrictions or something like that. Uh, there's some people who are on weird weight loss routines that either live off of coffee or can't have any coffee at all. It's different how the different fitness plans work. But either way, uh, yeah, I think you're on to something there with try something different. I know that Tim's is convenient and roll up is on. You could go to Starbucks and get a free one today. That'd be great. Or go into a little mom and pop shop. Or even one of the smaller chains. Go into like a coffee culture or something. Try something different. There are some weird coffees out there, though. I mean, where are we at with those ones that like the elephants ate the coffee plant and then shit out the beans and and grind them up and drink it? So gross. But there are people who are into that shit. Like, oh, look at this. A monkey jerked off on it. Yeah. Like, I I don't know why you would want to drink that, but I'm pretty sure that... uh, if we keep going to this extreme, that's where COVID-21 is going to come from. How about those who like a coffee enema? Okay, so have you ever had an enema? No. You have? Why did you say it like that? No, no. Why, you have? No, no, I've never had one. I'm curious about it, though. There's some people who get enemas for medical reasons, and there's some yes. who do it basically as like a form of therapy, like a massage almost. Yes. So if you ever talk to anyone who's had one, they will swear up and down by it. But I'm still not at the point where I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm not there yet. I'm not. I got to tell you, I'm not there yet. And I know someone who has done it before. It's specifically a coffee one. And, and, and again, swears it's great. It's one of the best things you could do. You feel great after. Right? I, I'm not there. I'm not, I'm not on the same path. I'm not there. So let me see if I understand this. So you go into these places where they can give you an enema. And yeah, a coffee enema, you're right, is very popular. Trendy, almost. So you go in. And unlike most massage places, you're supposed to take off your pants or your, your skirt and, and you're, you're naked from the waist down, mm-hmm. laying on the bed. And do you lay on your stomach or on your side when they stick the tube up your ass? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how it works. I would assume, maybe, okay, let's say you're on your side. Okay. Like, okay, great. Open up. Here comes the tube. Like, does it hurt? It can't hurt that much if this many people are doing it. I don't know. Do you do you take something in advance of it? To like, do they put like lube on the tube? Maybe they put lube on the I, tube. I would assume so. I mean, anything involving that area, lube would probably go a long way in making sure that that didn't hurt like hell. Maybe. I guess. I mean, I it's not know. exactly self lubricating. So we 
shouldn't even be talking. If neither of us have had it, we're probably not the people to tell people how it works. But, I mean, that's the general concept. You go in, you lay down, they stick a tube up your ass, and then they force some coffee up the tube, and then it just drains your your colon or or whatever with coffee coming out and, and all the shit that might be left inside. Isn't that right? I mean, some people lose know. weight after they get a, a an enema like that. Yeah, it can, it can, you know, I don't ask, I don't ask a lot of questions. I, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm not there yet. Maybe Take I'll get one there. for the team and get something shoved up your ass. No, Go ahead. I'm, I'm, I, I've, <laughs> I, I've taken a plenty for the team. I'm not doing this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, whether you're going to take it through the mouth or the bum, you enjoy National Coffee Day today, everybody. One thing I wouldn't recommend is a, a, an at-home coffee enema i i wouldn't just do that yourself you should probably leave that to the professionals that do that sort of thing but if you've had one done i'm kind of curious drop us a, a dm and let us know uh there's a whole bunch of different things that we got to cover here cat including the modeling data came out yesterday from the science advisory table and then those fucks at nasi which i'm shocked is still a thing i thought for by now they would have totally disbanded nasi the the National Advisory Council on Immunizations. They had some advice yesterday. We'll talk about that, too. But first off, there's some fun stories that I want to do. Number one, here's the scenario. You didn't realize it, but oh, today's your period day. Today is the day when you start your menstruation cycle, and you're not prepared for it. And this is a total hypothetical, because Kat is... I assume you're always prepared for it. I get the the gist that you're never caught off guard. Well, I mean, we've talked about it before, and maybe it's just the type of person I am. I will I will say that much. But yeah, I mean, I know it's coming. I know I, a, at least a rough idea of when it's coming, to say the least. And I'm prepared. I'm also the type that that I like sale. So if I see sales for it, usually I buy it. I'll stock up. I'm that type of person. Now sometimes I will be ill prepared. Sometimes I won't think about it and it'll happen when I'm out and ah oh, that sucks, man. I'm be- I'm better than that, cat. Cat, you're better than that. So that most definitely does happen from time to time. Okay. A guy is going through the court process and he has been for about a year now because he got pulled over for speeding. And he wasn't just speeding. This was in Iowa. Speed limit is 65 miles an hour, and this fucking guy was going 130 miles an hour. He was closer to 200 than he was to 100, if you want to put it in terms of kilometers per hour. Cop pulled him over. Hey, fuck are you doing? Why are you going 130 miles an hour? His excuse? His wife had just begun her period, and he had to go and get feminine hygiene supplies. We got a bleeder! Are we using that as an acceptable Dude. excuse for Dude. speeding? I, I mean, short answer, no. Short <laughs> answer, no, if that is even true. And I would ask questions about that. Because I'm trying to figure from this dude's scenario, and everyone's going to be different. I've said things aloud, you know, on the podcast or on the radio show, whatever, that, so I'm not speaking for all women, because I've, I've said things before, and then other women won't agree with me. Everybody's different. Every body is different. Maybe some women do that. Maybe someone would go, go to the store and get me shit now. I don't know those people. Okay, I don't, I'm not one of those people. I prepare myself. I would never, I would never and have never sent my husband unless I was in some sort of scenario where I couldn't drive, I couldn't leave the house for some reason. He's not going to pick me up tampons. Like, that's not happening. 
So I don't understand how that even happens to begin with. You send someone out on their way to do it. I know there's people out there that will purchase it for their significant other, and that's lovely that you'll do that. And you shouldn't have any shame in that, by the way. That should not no. be a thing that embarrasses you. Guys, and, you should be part of the solution here. 100%. And I've seen men before in those aisles looking kind of confused. And maybe they're buying it for their daughter. Maybe they're buying it for their spouse or somewhere else, someone else. I always try to lend a helping hand, by the way. I'm like, do you need any help? I'm good with that. Uh, nobody should feel awkward. Nobody should feel uncomfortable. Okay? All that said, this is not an excuse to speed if, let's say, and I don't even believe it, but if, let's say, that actually happened. If it was, holy shit, all hands on deck here. We've got, this is not good. And I know some people who really have a hard time. I mean, they have gone to doctor after doctor to try to help uh, the, the situation because it's very, very bad. And I feel for th- I feel for those women. It sounds that sounds terrible, um, but I don't. It still doesn't mean that you could speed. Like at the end of the day, it is not an emergency. It is not an emergency, so you can't speed. So this guy doesn't get away with it. He'll also set a really bad example for those who are speeding to try to come up with an excuse that their wife has their period or they have their period. Never mind just their wife. Anybody could make that excuse, right? So you can't let this guy off and let him get away with it. Okay. Let me flip it around here. Let's say it was the woman herself doing 130 in a 65. Cop pulls her over. Hey, ma'am, why are you speeding? Just got my period, and it's a pretty heavy flow day. We got a bleeder! Is that an excuse? Can we let her go in this scenario? Uh, Again, no, because you can't have an excuse regardless of who you are, whether it's her or a guy or someone who's buying it for someone else. It can't be used as an excuse because then it can be used as an excuse again and again and again if you let this person get away with it, regardless if it's male or female or what they're going to make up in the moment. Mm. No, it sucks. It's the same with needing to shit your pants, right? Hey, if I don't get home, I am going to shit myself, right? How many times have they heard that as an excuse? Police officers, I mean specifically, they've pulled over cars who are speeding. Ah, oh, I got to pee so bad. Oh, I'm sorry, blah, blah. Oh, I got to take a shit. I'm not sure uh, that if you especially now, now that this is, by the way, under the microscope, people are watching this, people know about it because we're talking about it. You can't let them get away with it. This could maybe happen if this was more low-key. Maybe he was speeding a lot less than that. Let's say he was doing 20 over, but this is extreme. Then you might have a sympathetic police officer to go, "Uh, okay, you know what? I believe you. Looks like you might shit at any moment. Go. (laughs) Like, be on your way. I don't want you to shard out your meal in front of me. Please leave. So I, oh, sorry, go you ahead. Know, so what I'm saying is you, get, you may not let them get away with that. This is no different. This is no different if it was the woman in the scenario. It sucks. And you have to just know, by the way, you have to know in that moment, like, well, these underwear are done. Well, <laughs> I have to say goodbye to them. Uh, same, same situation, man. Same situation. I have to say goodbye. I don't think there's enough cold water and tide in the world that's going to help this and make it white again or whatever. So you have to just know in that moment you're saying goodbye, hope for the best, and get there as soon as you can safely. I'd kind of like to know from any cops that listen to After 9, have you ever actually had somebody shit themselves on the side of the road where they said, oh, I'm speeding because I got to go, I got to go, I got to go. Have they ever actually followed through on that threat and like pissed their pants in the car or crapped everywhere in their seat of the driver, or the driver's seat of their car. Has that ever happened? Because I don't get any stats on shit like that. But I'm kind of curious. I'd like to know. And back to the feminine hygiene stuff. So me, law-abiding citizen that I am, Kat, I would probably obey most speed limits if, 
And that's a big if my girlfriend ever said, and I need you to go and get some feminine hygiene shit. But I'm the guy who would take that very seriously. Like, oh, okay, here's my job. All right, well, we're going to get tampons. We're going to get pads. We're going to get uh, a fucking menstrual cup. And, and uh, oh, oh, we better get some chlorine-free panty liners and some fucking wings and uh, maybe some new underwear. I'm going to get everything that could possibly have to do with a period because I want to make sure that this is done properly. I'd walk out of there with a whole fucking cart full of stuff. Which would probably drive her nuts, by the way. Mm-hmm. That would be a piss off. Sure. I just wanted tampons, asshole. Yeah. It's so kind of fun to stock the medicine cabinet. <laughs> you know what, though? If it's on sale, though, can't blame you. If it's on sale, can't blame you. Like I said, I mean, I stock up. Why not? <laughs> uh, let's see here. I do want to play something for you. Oh, hang on one second. Something's playing. There we go. I want to play something for you here because I think that this is amazing. You're over in the UK, Kat. You're at a pub in London, England. Just picture it. You can see uh, Big Ben and Buckingham Palace. Like, you're right in the heart of it all. Cool. Having a beer. Nice tenants on draft. And then you look over and, oh, look at that. There's a stage here. I wonder if they ever have entertainment. Oh, look at that. There's a band that's going to be playing tonight. Cool. We can listen to music and have a few drinks. Then you find out that it isn't just any band you're going to see. It's a real bona fide celebrity. So you get excited like, oh, fuck, something intimate and interactive is going to happen here. This is like an MTV special waiting to happen. Who is it that's performing in your pub? None other than the pride of the UK, Rick Astley. You can get into it, right? You can jam to that. Sure. I would think. Especially when you're having a few. You know, you're having a few. You're feeling good. There's nobody not bipping and bopping to that one. Sure. It's a classic. But. Rick Astley comes out, and he's not there to sing Rick Astley songs. There's no together forever or never going to give you up or anything like that. You get the Rick Astley playing a cover from the Foo Fighters. It actually happened. Listen to this. He's a good guitar player, and wow. I had no fucking idea that he could play guitar. Okay, you know what? If you're Rick Astley, though, and you only have a couple of hit songs, right? You only have, like, one or two hit songs, if that. Like, really, everybody knows, I'm never going to give you up. The other one, I know it's familiar. Fine, whatever. This, this is someone, by the way, who was born in the late 80s, okay? So this, to me, I have no emotional attachment to that song. I could care less. I hate the, the, when the Rick Rolling thing was a thing. I don't give a shit. Like, sorry, don't care. But anyway, that said, we know he has a couple of hits. So when you know you have a couple of hits and they're, it's enough to have a shitty little tour. Okay, even if you go on a dive bar tour, I think Rick Astley is exactly where you should aim. 
You know, that's what you want. One or two songs that you play again and again, learn a couple instruments after the fact so you can jam out to some other shit in between or before or whatever. Surprise people. Yeah, Rick Astley plays a guitar. Who fucking knew that? Cool. You just created a show. You still can go incognito to a lot of places because I don't fucking know what Rick Astley looks like. I couldn't tell you. I remember the video from the 80s. It was at the 80s. Yeah, whatever. I remember seeing that video. I couldn't tell you what he looks like today. So he can still travel and, and, and go to grocery stores and do the everyday shit, but he still makes money. From these songs. It's incredible to me. It's, a, it's incredible. So why not learn those instruments too? That way you actually have somewhat of a show to put on other than I sang two songs and everyone's going, okay, I'm bored. I'm leaving. Kat, we're talking about a number one hit in June 1988. That doesn't ring a bell for you not, at all? Not that? Yeah. No. Really? Falling, it's destiny. This isn't ringing a bell. <laughs> no. Here, I'll, I'll get to the good part. How about this? Here we go, Cat. I didn't know. I didn't even know that was Rick Astley. To be honest with you, I, Jesus. I, Fuck. I don't know. What? Like, I don't care. I don't. It's not a part of my history, man. It is not a part of my personal history. I don't know. Maybe if I told my mom, "Hey, Rick Astley's playing a concert," maybe she'd be excited, and I take her, and that's awesome. Fine, cool. But otherwise, uh, it, th- you know, that's neat, though. That I, I will say that's neat, and especially when you cover other people. What do you get? This. You get people talking about it. Holy shit. Rick Astley covered somebody else. That's pretty cool. So you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, this is him doing Everlong. I don't know who the fuck was filming that, but their camera sucks. (laughs) Is it shit? Yeah. Yeah, it's a shit camera. The audio sucks. Come on. That's cool. I like a nice surprise, though. Like, if I go, especially in a smaller show, and obviously people didn't know they were even going to that show in the moment, which I think is the coolest part. I I love when a band surprises me if I'm at a small the small venue, you all, you're, it's more intimate, so you're more into it, right? That's usually how it works. So I would probably be real into it if they started jam, if he started jamming it like that, and I was there. Hell yeah! Then I'd pretend to know exactly what it Ricket Astley looked like beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I know you, man. I love you. <laughs> isn't that, okay, so isn't that it? let's say back to the hypothetical again. You're there. You're in the pub, UK. Holy shit! Rick Astley is going to be performing, and then afterwards, he's just unplugging his guitar and he's he's toweling off all the sweat. Would you go up and ask for a picture? Yeah, a hundred percent. Best dancer there ever was. I mean, before NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys, there was Rick Astley with two hands up, just shuffling away, elbows tucked in the whole time. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. <laughs> I played golf yesterday. Uh, shout out to everybody at Caniff Golf. I played Lionhead, and they have two courses there, but they're actually tearing down half of one of them. This is the last year for the Masters course at Lionhead. It's about to become a 27-hole facility instead of a 36-hole facility. Okay. Probably homes. In case you haven't noticed, the real estate market is pretty fucking hot right now. So, yeah, it makes sense to be building more homes. If you missed that podcast yesterday, Tony Johal talked about why the market is so hot. So I was trying to feel some nostalgia there. And one of the things that just pissed me off 
was these fucking restrictions, Kat. And, and I'll tell you what I mean. I think generally speaking, most people are happy with where we are. Our case counts are low. And for the most part, most of the restrictions aren't that bad. I mean, I know there's people with their Vax passports or they don't have a Vax passport. They find that inconvenient. But for the most part, you can go most places. Golf still can't do a shotgun start. Shotgun start, for those who don't know, is every group in the tournament starts on a different hole. And when the shotgun or the horn goes off, everybody starts playing. Once you've played 18 holes, you're done. Everybody finishes at the same time. But because of COVID, golf courses can't do a shotgun start. And this is another one of those dumb fucking regulations that makes people question what's going on. Why can't we have everybody finish the round at the same time when you can have 30,000 people at Rogers Center for a Jays game now? Mm-hmm. You can have, what, 15,000 or 12, 13,000 at Scotiabank Arena for a Leaf game. Yeah. Why can't an outdoor golf tournament yeah. do a shotgun start? Yeah, I think it's frustrating. I think it's very frustrating for people, especially this is the time of year, right? This is the time of year where you do that, where you're having these kinds of events and soon it's going to be winter. We're all going to be inside, but maybe that's why maybe they're, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the answer is. I've had so many questions. I'm, I'm with you on this one. You and I took part in a, in a golf tournament for crime stoppers, uh, Waterloo region, not too long ago. And the amount of restrictions that were in place, which I got to see firsthand when we were there made me go, huh? So we can do this, but we can't do that. It didn't make a lot of sense to me. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know it, but it doesn't look like, they're going to change anything anytime soon. Am I right there? I don't think they're going to. I mean, today that uh, fucking Dr. Kieran Moore, he's going to come out and do a news conference and he'll basically respond to what the science advisory table put out yesterday as new modeling data. And maybe he announces more restrictions. Maybe he loosens some up or maybe he stays the course. Could be any of those three things. But before I tell you about that modeling data from yesterday, one thing I want to mention is Justin Trudeau, the reelected prime minister, doubled down yesterday and he said, we said it and we're going to do it. If you want to take a plane or a train, you need to be vaccinated. Okay, and maybe that seems good to, to some people. And I'm fully vaccinated, so I don't really have a problem with that. But what I do have a problem with is the amount of people that are out of province right now. And, and I'm thinking mainly of students. And yeah, this is a personal situation of mine, and I don't want to give away any details of anyone's personal health care information. So I'll just leave it at someone very close to me lives out of the province, but will likely be returning to Ontario for Christmas. This person is not fully vaccinated. They're not anti-vax, but they're not fully vaccinated. They would like to do uh, whatever it is that they're waiting for. Maybe it's more research. Maybe they want to see another clinical study. I don't know. But they're not vaccinated yet. So this is a Canadian. And we're not talking about a drivable distance here. It's not like you're driving from London to Toronto or from Toronto to Ottawa. Another province. Way out west. Full day drive. That person, as a Canadian, cannot realistically return to their home province because they're not fully vaccinated. And that's not right, Kat, and I'll tell you why. Because if you're a Canadian anywhere in the world, you can fly home. But you can't do it if you're in Canada to fly back to Ontario or Mm. to fly from Mm. Quebec to Alberta or from Nova Scotia to Manitoba. And I don't think that's right. 
Yeah. There should be. And and they haven't released all the details yet, but I'm really hoping for the decision makers out there that you accept the fact that Canada is no different from anywhere else in the world and just about every country on earth figures they won't be able to get much higher than 80% vaccinated because there's some people who won't take it. But no matter if they're vaccinated or not, you have some rights as a Canadian. And granted, it's not a right to travel interprovincially on an airplane, but there's the vast size of our country. What if you're going to Dalhousie in, in Halifax right now, but you wanted to go back to Manitoba for Christmas break? That's not a drive that you can do realistically in that two-week holiday. Mm-hmm. You can't fly home for the holidays because you didn't get vaccinated. Like, this is where we're going to draw the line in the sand. No Christmas with your parents and, and your siblings because you didn't get vaccinated. There has to be another option. Maybe it's a rapid test. Maybe it's a full-blown PCR test. But there has to be an accommodation for Canadians who want to travel in Canada. It shouldn't be about being vaccinated. It should be about making sure that you've minimized the risk of spreading COVID. And if you produce a negative test, you're not spreading COVID. Yeah. I mean, they, they go really far out of their way to, to make it be known. These are not mandatory, these vaccines. No, no, no. But we're going to make your life shitty and hard if you don't take one. I don't think that way for everything. Don't get me wrong. There are certain things I think I'm glad that people are vaccinated that are only doing this. I will admit this one doesn't sit well with me either. And you can add it to the list of shit that doesn't make sense, especially when you do compare that. When you do compare international travelers coming here, no problem. Oh, you live here, but you want to travel in here? Nah, sorry, can't do that. It doesn't make a lot of sense at all. And at one point, are they going to address that? I mean, are they going to are they going to explain? Like, tell me your your theory. I know I know what they're claiming, the reasons why. But compare them, and you tell me what the huge difference is, because I see a huge difference. There's worldwide precedent said that you cannot force somebody to get vaccinated, and there can be no coercion, uh, in in the true sense of the word, to to get people to take a vaccine or any drug. But in this case, it's almost like they're taunting the the policy like oh yeah okay well we can't force you to but you can't even leave your fucking house if you're not good luck and i don't understand that i i really don't to me it's not about getting a vaccination to me it's about not spreading covid19 and whether you're vaccinated which minimizes your risk or you can produce a negative test there has to be an alternative and and if you're someone who's not vaccinated then I think you should probably just accept the fact that because you made that choice, you're going to have to be a little inconvenienced. Maybe you do before you can go into a, I don't know, a leaf game, have to produce a negative test. Or maybe we just agree, you know what, if you're not vaccinated, it's not practical to test all the people that aren't vaccinated before a game. It's, we just don't have the staff, the manpower, et cetera, to do that. So, no, you, you just have to be vaccinated to get into a leaf game. That, that's one thing. But saying that you can't get on an airplane or a train in a country this big isn't right. I don't know why. And maybe they will change this. I'll give Justin the benefit of the doubt. Maybe there will be a provision in there that if you're not fully vaccinated, you need to be tested at the airport with a rapid test to prove you're safe. And if you're safe, fine, get on the plane. No problem. Everybody on the plane should have peace of mind. But we can't leave behind the roughly one in five that have made a choice, whatever their reasoning is, 
to not get vaccinated. You can't leave them behind. You can't. Uh, we broadcast at a Kitchener Waterloo, two universities and a college, not to mention just on the borders of town. You've got Western and the University of Guelph. There's a lot of university students in our area. They're not all here or from here. Many of them will have to fly home to Alberta. Many of them will fly home to Nova Scotia or Newfoundland or B.C. But if they're not vaccinated for whatever reason, they can't spend Christmas with their family. That's wrong. And I really do hope that when they put the proper policy in place and it's all drafted out, all the rules and regs, there is a provision in there for people who have made the choice not to get vaccinated. Uh, Let's take a look at what's going on in New York State right now. Their new governor has drawn a line in the sand. As of midnight, if you're a healthcare worker and you are not vaccinated, you're fired. I'm not sure how seriously we need to take a pandemic where we can just willy-nilly fire arbitrarily people that work in hospitals because they made a choice not to get vaccinated. What I'm not clear on either here is how many people in healthcare didn't take the shot and why. I mean, it seems like the people who are mainly recommending that we take the shot now are politicians, but there's also a loud chorus of doctors and healthcare professionals. Why are there still some doctors and nurses that aren't vaccinated? Kind of curious. Mm-hmm. Off topic, but I'm kind of curious. Different reasons. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, there's definitely different reasons because I've, I've, from what I've heard, there are people that are hesitant but planning to. There are people who just straight up don't want it and they're trying to dodge any possibility of them being fired because of it or, or whatever the, the scenario based on where you're from. Um, and uh, yeah, other than those two reasons, what else could it be? Other, other than being hes- hesitant because you feel like your immune system should function just fine because you're around a lot of disease as it is and you're just fine at this point, or maybe you really are straight up uh, against against this uh, for some reason. I don't understand what else w- would be happening. It just seems like, and I haven't seen any stats on it, but it seems like there's a lot of healthcare professionals that have made this choice. And in New York State, where they've now drawn this line in the sand. You must be fully vaccinated by midnight or you are fired. Lose your job over not being vaccinated. I just don't understand what the plan was going to be. We got these vaccines real quick. It was roughly a year ago that we found out there's a vaccine and it's in clinical trials. And in December, it started going out. And and we got the bulk of our vaccinations done in March, April, May, and June. That was when the bulk of the vaccines were being given out in Canada. Okay. All right. That's great. We've all had an opportunity to become fully vaccinated. That's fine. But for people who don't want to be vaccinated, I don't know that you should lose your job over that. And if we didn't have vaccines, we wouldn't even contemplate firing healthcare workers during a pandemic. And I just don't understand how the people who have managed to keep themselves safe for the last year, We could look them in the face and say, you were a hero a week ago, but now you didn't take our shot, so you're fired. Get the fuck out. That's a rough look, Kat. I mean, holy shit. Clearly, they're doing something right. They work in a hospital and dodged COVID for a year. How can we say now? "Mm, Too bad. So sad. Fuck off. You also, but let's just say from, from both angles here, you also have people in healthcare screaming at those people. You have people in healthcare saying, how the fuck could you not take this vaccine? 
Why are you doing this? You are working your ass off, and in some areas worse than others, hospitals are full. ICU beds are full in some spots still because the vaccine rate is so shitty in that area. And that's, I'm going to guess, more likely where you'll see that's an area where healthcare workers have not been vaxxed. And they're saying, how like, dare you look at these people and have to see this every single day and complain about being overworked, yet you're not even willing to do something to help stop this from happening. Don't you see it from that perspective, too? Because I can see it from both angles. I feel like if I was in the healthcare field, which I'm not, okay, albeit, if I'm in the healthcare field, I know people who are, that see this shit every single day, that know what people are going through, not just the people suffering from COVID, the family members, and I know people I work with who also see this every single day aren't vaxxed themselves. I have questions for them. Like, I'm overworked thanks to people who aren't taking the vaccine. And trust me, I'm not someone who say that everyone should be forced to take it but how can you work in a hospital environment like that you can't complain about it then you know what i mean you can't complain about being overworked or seeing a lot of shit if you aren't willing to do something that will from everything we've known so far help stop the spread of it i don't get it i do get that it's just i'm wondering how anyone would know i mean you shouldn't have to disclose your vaccination status in that situation and maybe I do happen to agree that those who work with seniors in long-term care, after everything that we saw happening in long-term care homes, especially with them working in multiple different facilities or treating clients on the side, and then they go to their regular job at a home, that sort of thing, I tend to think that because they specifically work with the most vulnerable population, they probably should be vaccinated. But when we're talking about healthcare workers, doctors and nurses on the front lines that have kept themselves safe for the last year, I don't know why we should even be asking them if they're vaccinated. They clearly know what they're doing. They have clearly managed to dodge COVID for a year to just flat out now say, okay, either take it or you're fired. That just seems like a rough look to me. Mm. And, and they, their coworkers shouldn't know. Yeah. I mean, I think probably if you're not vaccinated, you should have to go through a series of tests. And maybe that's every day. Maybe it's twice a day, every other day. I don't know how it would work. But maybe they should have to be tested. I think that everybody who's in an environment where vaccination is expected should be able to trust that everyone there is safe. Not necessarily vaccinated, but they don't have COVID or they do have the vaccine. And if people have gone through the testing, I don't know what the issue is. Okay. I, I, you know what? I disagree with you on this completely. I disagree with you completely because I'm trying to put myself in that scenario uh, of working my ass off and knowing that someone around me hasn't even taken any steps to prevent it from coming to them and that most definitely statistically will make them more likely to catch it. N- not a fan of that. Nope. Okay. So yesterday, the uh, science advisory table, this, this collection of quacks, came out with their, their latest projections. And, and here's what they say. The situation is fragile. Future projections are wide-ranging. They say there is uncertainty in their predictions because it's too early to see the impact of in-person schooling and work. More people are going back to the office and possibly spending more time indoors during the colder weather. So this, with a straight face... This is the projection they put out. In the next month and into November, if we maintain the current status quo, the restrictions we have in effect now, we should get around 1,000 new cases every single day. If we loosen any restrictions, 
up to 5,000 cases a day. Come on, guys. Come on. No, you don't. Wait a minute. You don't believe it? This is the same council that said right now, right now, September 29th, 2021, we, oh boy, guys, oh, fuck, it's going to be a grim fall and winter. 4,000 cases a day by the end of September. Guys, it's nowhere fucking close. Like, honestly, if you don't have anything relevant to add, then just fuck off. Just go back to whatever practice it is apparently you're not actually practicing at because you spend a lot of time writing reports. We don't need this shit. 5,000 cases a day? Really? Over 80% of the population is fully vaccinated. We have a lot of restrictions still in place. And you guys think that 5,000 cases a day is a realistic thing to say? Come on. Listen, we got to stop with the modeling. We have to. Because they make policy out of this shit that this science table drops on us every now and again, every couple of weeks or months. And if someone like Doug, fuck you, Doug, hears, well, Premier, 5,000 cases a day. Well, that's just perfect ammunition for Doug. Fuck you, Doug. To say, oh, well, we're not loosening any restrictions and we don't want 5,000 cases a day. We don't want to be another Alberta, even though we were Alberta back in April. Shit. So I don't know that it's a responsible decision to keep putting these modeling projections out because it's not realistic. It's not in touch with what's happening now. Where I will give them credit is they did actually acknowledge that our curve has basically flattened. We are doing exceptional far better than they predicted last time. Well, given their track record to say 5,000 cases a day by the end of November, are you guys serious? Really? I mean, how does that sound to the average person when you say there could be 5,000 cases a day? We literally have a tenth of that right now. Come on, guys. No one, buy, no one buys that. No one does. And as far as restrictions are concerned, there are some restrictions we could loosen up. Now that we've got this Vax passport and apparently that's the solution, okay, then let's take some of the reins off. But nope, I don't see it happening. We'll find out today with Dr. Kieran Moore, but... Uh, here's another one who insists that the COVID doesn't spread in schools. And I think common sense tells us we shouldn't necessarily believe that. Mm-hmm. So whatever he says today, I'm sure that it will cause frustration. It will be controversial, but this is the doctor that we have to live with. Do you think, by the way, we should start electing medical officers? Yeah. Of health? I they think have that, to be an actual doctor, but we can elect them. I think if if the pandemic has taught us anything, it is that we really don't, we didn't know who's in charge of it. And of course, we all assume, you know, based on schooling, education, it's obviously the most important part. You are a doctor, like that's official. However, there may be some that we feel are more competent than others. So by all means, I think that should be something that we elect just when it comes to those, um, you know, Tip of the top ones that we're talking about here in every province and for Canada. I think that that's something that I would love to consider. Yeah. I, I don't see what, well, you know, at first I thought, no, no, we can't make this political. But it's the doctors in some cases that are making it political. Yep, they're going to make it political regardless because they answer to someone. Yep. And they get paid a lot of money, too, to be a chief medical officer of health. I mean, it's a very lucrative job to do that as opposed to. Uh, dealing with sick people and people that are bleeding and slivers and broken bones wandering into your office all fucking day. 
It's a pretty good existence, and considering the perks that come with it, yeah, maybe it is time to start electing these doctors. And again, you would have to be a doctor, a qualified healthcare professional. Otherwise, it turns into a fiasco where people are trying to get cats and dogs elected. But either way, there has to be a little bit more accountability here. Uh, and on that, we will say thank you for listening to this episode of After 9. Guys, just so you know, we are going to be off tomorrow. This was our company's choice, actually, because Chorus Entertainment has decided that they're really going to lean into Canada's first ever day for national truth and reconciliation. Tomorrow's a weird one. It's a holiday, but it's a federal holiday, not a stat holiday in Ontario. So what it means is all federally regulated businesses and workplaces will be closed. That includes banks, government offices, some federal services, including Canada Post. But there's no change to what affects people most on a day-to-day basis. Transit is going to be running as usual. Beer store and LCBOs open. Malls, shopping centers, grocery stores, pharmacies, schools, all open tomorrow. It's a weird one. Uh, Some companies that aren't federally regulated are opting to close down for the day anyway in honor of truth and reconciliation. I think that's nice if you give your employees a day off, but it's a holiday. It was just such a half-ass thing. Oh, we're going to make it a holiday, but it's not mandatory. And it seems like not a lot of provinces are doing anything. I think there's only three in Canada that made it a stat holiday tomorrow. So I don't know how people are celebrating, but if you are... I shouldn't even say celebrating, I guess. Uh, observing. Is that a good way to put it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, observing. Observing. Absolutely. However you're observing National Truth and Reconciliation Day tomorrow, I hope you get something out of it. Enjoy your day. We will be back on Friday with Dave Lazard and a brand new episode of After 9. Some entertainment news. According to new data released by Netflix, people spent 625 million hours watching Bridgerton in the first month it was released. What's even crazier is one aunt in Dayton, Ohio, accounted for 600 million of those hours by herself. The U.S. Post Office announced that its mail delivery is about to get slower and more expensive. It seems like the changes have already gotten into effect because they mailed out that announcement two months ago. French President Emmanuel Macron was hit by an egg while touring an international food trade fair. Said Macron, that's an oof. Congress is drafting a bill to legalize marijuana. Yeah, that's how bad the country needs money right now. We're like, I guess we got to start selling drugs. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.